Welcome to St. Stephen Lutheran Church in New Orleans, Louisiana. Today's worship for November 21st, 2021 is the last Sunday of the church year. O come, let us worship the Lord. morning on this pledge Sunday, not lemon pledge where everybody, you know, shines up the pews for the, you know, the next, yes, um, commitment Sunday, pledge Sunday, uh, at any rate, uh, our order of service is uh, St. Stephen's, and uh, we begin with hymn 901. Open now thy gates of beauty. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 
He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Lord, have mercy, creator of all. Christ, have mercy, redeemer of all. Lord, have mercy, Holy Spirit. For the peace from above and for our hearts salvation, for the peace of the whole world, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, creator of all. Christ, have mercy, redeemer of all. Lord, have mercy, Holy Spirit. For the welfare of all the people of the Church of God, and for this holy house, and for all who bow down here and worship, let us pray to the Lord. Gracious Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin to one another and to the Lord. Almighty God, rich in mercy and abundant in love, has given his Son to die for us. For Jesus' sake, at his command, and in his behalf, I forgive you all your sins. Go in peace. You have new life in Jesus Christ. This new life is founded in forgiveness and framed by joy. Therefore, with the song of the angels in our hearts and on our lips, we join the whole church on earth and in heaven to proclaim...
The peace of the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, Lord, is to restore all things to you as our Son, to preach forever in the name of all age, and that all evil of the earth, now divided by the power of sin, may be united under the glorious rule of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God.
But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the corrupted flesh to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our Savior be glory majesty power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore amen this is the word of the Lord for the gospel the holy gospel from saint mark the 13th chapter 
But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky. The heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned tasks, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. This is the gospel of the Lord. God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Every now and then you have a text that you read, and in the gospel lesson, and we say, and this is the gospel of the Lord? Because the gospel is something that is joyful, and it is something that informs us of, of the truth of who we are before God. But I'm going to say, this is the gospel of the Lord, because when God decides to close the book on this existence, and granted, it is the only existence we are really familiar with because we live it. And so, just like in any difficult situation, you sort of put up with it, and you don't even realize what you're putting up with, right? Somebody who, uh, I was just looking at it this morning. I don't know how I stumbled on it, but uh, it's a video in YouTube um, about uh, uh, opioid addiction. And, uh, uh, and, and the, the, those people who were in recovery, um, they described how they were previously and how they are now after they have discovered it, recovered. And, and the problem being that uh, um, there's a lot of overdoses. And that's really the, the crux of this. It's, it's a, a little vignette from Arkansas um, and, um, and how there's fentanyl uh, addictions there and the, the toll that it, pay, that it plays on, on people. And it's existent um, here around today. The thought just crossed my mind that uh, well we had a recent break-in and and then I went out last Sunday I parked in the parking lot this Sunday I usually park under the trees out there in the street but when I went out yes um, last Sunday uh, to get in my vehicle there was a hand mark here on the driver's thing and a hand mark there on the passenger window as if somebody went like this and looked around to see what was in there so I'm parking in the parking lot. And what are you going to do? Just say, well, you know, the people will see the reason and they won't, uh, you know, they won't do anything. But to be honest, you know, when a person lives to erase their, their fears, erase their 
mental struggles, erase those things, and all they need to do is inject themselves with a chemical and all their problems go away. Really, it, there's no real thought about whether to break into a vehicle. It just has to be worth their while, perhaps. They're not desperate enough. What about us? This is not going to be a sermon about drug addiction, but it is something that we need to, I guess, rephrase or reframe um, so that we realize that this life is filled with struggles. And we do struggle. We may not be drug addicts. Some of us may be. But we struggle daily with our own thoughts, with things that happen to us, at the expense with, with other people and what they bring in our lives, frustration, the fact that they don't do what we want them to do, the fact that, that this life is not going the way we assumed it should go. By golly, you know, this is a free country and free means something to me and I realize I'm not free or something like that. Or whatever it is, we struggle. We struggle even though we have reasonably uh, good lives, but even that we could object to, right? We don't have good lives. We are pounded with sin. You look in Scripture and, ugh, and sometimes we don't even realize how sin has captured us. And sometimes we just walk around thinking that we're okay, we're good people. That person, well, maybe I'm not a good person because I have something against myself or I like to be really hard on myself and blame myself for everything even though it's not my fault. You know, but that person certainly is a good person while that person runs around saying, oh, I'm no good, I hate you. A lot of things happen up here, you know? And this gospel lesson, if you allow it to, can trigger Oh, it's another thing to worry about. And indeed, I think the church has done a lot of worrying about that. How can we get our people to do the right things so that maybe God won't come back right away or so that we can make sure that our names are written in the book of life? Or Doesn't that sound to you a little bit like a guilt trip? I mean, if you want to, you can look at uh, the pledge form and, and those kinds of things. I'm not criticizing it. It's just these are intentions where we sit and we say, I have decided that this is how I'm going to show the love that I have for God outwardly as part of the church, this particular congregation. But these statements tend to be sort of laced with law or uh, I look at the sheet and I see very few check marks and I want to have, you know, enough check marks to where it looks like, you know, I'm doing something and, you know, some people really won't have that problem because they volunteer for everything and that might be a problem, right? Volunteering for everything? You can't do that. Some people do and other people don't volunteer for anything. And what does that have to do with this gospel lesson and what does it have to do with your standing before God in heaven do we know the answer to that or have you followed that enough to say yes that's my reasoning and in doing so you forget you forget the gift that the gospel brings and even so even in here says this it says in the midst of this it says but in those days following that distress the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light the stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken oh no woe is me we are doomed and indeed in our existence we are we are here on earth which means we are susceptible to what the earth brings hurricanes, you know, 
And it's, it's kind of like in many ways we're fighting off nature. It's coming. We know it because we have this example that, hey, when the fig tree, you know, starts to blossom, you know summer's coming. And, boy, there's a lot of things that you can look out and say, I don't know, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. What are you going to do with that? Well, for hurricanes, you know, you get a whole house generator. <clears throat> you know, we already have air conditioning. That's why the South is really popular. Without air conditioning, the South is, you know, who wants to live in the South without air conditioning? So we can, we can stave off nature long enough, but eh, every now and then it'll get you. It'll get you one way or the other. And in the end, it's going to get us all together. Now, I'm speaking in human terms. And the anxiety comes forward, just comes up in bubbles. Maybe we go, need to go take an antacid because you know it's going to happen and there's not a thing you can do about it. Just like so many other things in our lives. And then it says this, and at that time... We'll see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. And here you have the power of God because God is the creator. Yes, it's all going to go to pot because God plans for it to go that way. But God can hold his hand up and it all ceases. He has that much power. How much devotion should we give to God? How much should we incorporate what God has told us? Even in the light of our very existence, everything that we know, it will be destroyed. Everything we hold dear will be destroyed. But our faith informs us of something a lot more powerful, a lot higher And, and, and maybe most, some of us, children of God, remember it once a week at least, right? When we come to church. And then we have these pledge forms where hopefully we spur one another on to remember it consistently. And maybe... Some of it is, is the joy of, let's say, getting up and reading, and, and less of it is the joy of writing out a check or something like that in the, in the, in the light of, of bills and mounting things and trying to recover from hurricanes and all of those things. Sometimes being a Christian hurts. I'm not talking about equating giving offerings with being a Christian. Because once again, the question posed to us is, where is the gospel in this? And the gospel is that in the midst of all of our struggling, even though we don't know how much we are struggling, because, you know, we are, sin has its dysfunctional effects, right? Sorry to get psychological. You know, and I, I know that some people, well, you can't mix psychology and religion. But to be honest, uh, knowing that I am a child of God because Jesus Christ suffered and died for me on the cross does a lot of psychological benefits for me. Matter of fact, it is my bedrock. It is my foundation. Because when things get really bad and I'm down in the dumps, Nothing brings me out more than the facts. And the fact of the matter is, no matter how bad I think things are, I am a child of God. Yeah, well, maybe you're a child of God because, you know, you're not giving a whole lot to the church or you're not, you know, volunteering enough or you're not jumping through enough hoops. No, no, no. Jesus suffered and died for me on the cross and he died for all of my sins. Well, what about all the rest of this stuff? 
because churches have a lot of rules and regulations, right? We don't. But we're only just one little suggestion away, right? Some people's encouragement to, you know, to give more. It, it, just, it just, you know, sometimes it brings guilt feelings or it brings other feelings. Encouraging to, to give more. Well, I can't afford to, but, you know, I, oh, I'm such a bad person. Okay, I'll give more even though I can't afford it. These kinds of things occupy our brains even though sometimes we don't even listen to what we're saying. And, but it influences, right? It influences who we are. Then the faith that God gives us can break through our earthly existence, our woes, our, our pain, our anguish, all of those mental things, it can break through and shine light and say, yes, but even though all these things will fall around me, I will shine because I have been promised by God, who is all-powerful, that I will escape this existence of death. Like the Apostle Paul goes on and he says, the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, that's what I do. Who will save me from this body of death? Thanks be to Christ Jesus. Because of what Christ has done on the cross, I can laugh at myself. I can say, oh, for Pete's sake, in the midst of my doldrums or what have you, I can say, Christ died for these sins too. And that very little thing that you're, that you are, or maybe it's, maybe it's what somebody else said to me or something like that, right? Nobody here, to be sure. But somebody says something and it bothers you. You have an option of what to do. And it brings forth perhaps learning. Maybe you take a, put the right construction on it and say, well, even though they said it clumsily, they meant it for my good and I'm going to learn from it. Or you could hate their guts and say, yeah, well, you know, you're no prize yourself sort of thing. And we do this all the time, just like this, just like that, before we even realize it. Boom, we've condemned somebody or boom, we've thrown hate to someone or or with our lack of understanding with those people, yes, with those people, who because they couldn't process things in their, in their brains mentally have turned to drugs. And that in itself has made changes within their, their, their psychological being and their physical being. And they become unable to love and unable to, to be productive God save us from those kinds of things. But we're just taking one medication away from being like that. In other words, in other words, I am who I am by the grace of God. And so with that, whatever happens, I am who I am by the grace of God. You are who you are by the grace of God. Whatever happens... It doesn't change that. That's gospel. Because of Christ through Christ, we are who we are. And it's not we who define who we are ultimately. It is God himself who defines who we are. And all this entanglement, whatever happens, whatever weather strips whatever away from me, I still am who I am. And I will continue even though my body will die. How do you know this? Because God, who created everything that exists, has promised that. He has set on oath to himself that he will never leave nor forsake me. And I'm going to say that 
that has its psychological effects on a Christian. Because when you respond with encouragement from messages like this, when you respond in the way that, that Scripture teaches, you're doing what, te- what Scripture encourages you to do. Love God. Love your neighbor. Be, be kind to those who persecute you. See, none of that stuff has anything to do with, or else you won't go to heaven. But sometimes the church speaks a little bit too loudly and challenges a little bit off-key to where the profound message from God somehow becomes profane. Dare I give you the example? Yes, I'll give you the example. A preacher there, and it's well, you probably even heard it. it. Might even be a meme, I don't know. But he's he's speaking to his people and he's telling them in a in an encouraging way. He, and he says, I have upped my giving for next year. Up yours. Did he mean to say that? You could see, you could see, you know. Aunt Tilly over there, you know, uh, looking over at Uncle Ed going, did he, re- did he say that? And there's a lot of stuff in the church that comes out that, to be honest, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we're going to, wait a minute, I've read the Bible too. Does it really say that? Did he kind of step out of his, out of his lane? And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of stepping out of lanes. But here, the gospel in the midst of pandemonium, in the midst of this world crashing down around us, God wants us to understand that Christ came and did it. He did it right. He did it perfectly for you and for me, and you sit here in testimony of that. So when you come to church, you get an opportunity to once again to rejoice in what Christ has done for you because he has snatched you out of the fire. He has raised you to heavenly places. You're going to survive this. It's not going to it's not going to wipe you out. It's going to kill you, but it's not going to wipe you out. You're going to lose everything that you know about now. But what about what God has in store for us? You see, that's where re- faith really has to take its hold. And we who, who stumble around like creatures of destruction and, and misfortune, somehow we have to catch a vision of what is what is beyond. And that's a miracle. It's a mystery. It's a gift that God gives us. Faith that we can be sure of things we haven't seen. Faith that we understand, even though we don't understand. Under under the in the court of law, if we were to testify, we would go in there and a lawyer would could probably question us into doubting our own existence. But you know what? That doesn't matter because we know what God has told us, and that makes all the difference. So, Pledge Sunday or not, devote yourselves to God Almighty who all by himself, even beyond what you will for yourself. He wills even more, the best, the right thing for you and for all of his children. God is the best at all of that. Thanks be to God, even though he plans destruction on this sinful world. 
Remember, he's got better plans for his children. Remember that as you struggle to come to church or as you struggle to do what Scripture encourages you to do, knowing that Christ has already won for you. May these words bring comfort in your life. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the hymn of the day, hymn 513. rise to the confession of faith.
Continue with the offertory song. As we wait patiently for the Lord's return, let us pray to our gracious God on behalf of the whole church and for all people according to their needs. Most merciful God and Father, we give your holy church throughout the world your grace to serve you with reverence and awe, granting us faith and endure uh, to the end. Lord, in your mercy. Open mouth, oh, the mouths of pastors in our circuit, district, and synod to give them the words to testify to your love in Jesus Christ and the hope that is in them. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you know all our anxieties and fears. Grant to those troubled in mind and spirit the strength to cast every care on you. According to your will, give them quietness of heart and firm trust in the mercy you have shown us in Christ Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, place the lonely in the families of your holy church, O Lord, that they may find the, the Christ and fulfillment in loving service to their neighbor. Lord, in your mercy, make the leaders of our nation to walk in the way of justice and truth, that they may use the power vested in them to protect the weak and the innocent. Lord, in your mercy, in the face of natural disasters, wars, famines, troubles of all kind, fill our hearts with repentance and humility that in every circumstance we may trust in you, Lord, in your mercy. Look with favor on all who are in need. Fill the hungry with good things. Give the poor and unemployed gainful employment. Heal the sick, especially all of those people that we have listed in our bulletin that we keep before our eyes. And also David Huff, who uh, has had a heart attack. Be with him and with his family. Comfort those who mourn, especially uh, the Clayson family and the Dufresne family and their friends uh, who mourn um, over the loss of loved ones and watch over all who travel. Be near the dying. Give courage to those who suffer oppression and want. Defend all orphans and widows and protect the weak, the unborn and the aged. Lord, in your mercy, make each communicant worthy to receive Christ's body and blood this day, that they would do so with a repentant heart and in faith, not to their judgment, but to their salvation. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
Amen. We continue with the Eucharistic prayer. Heavenly Father, from the beginning of time, your gracious hand was given, has given life to all things. You shape the world and fashion a people by the power of your word. All creation is renewed by a soft whisper and a thunderous roar of your spirit. In this, the final age of your creation, you have given us your Son, your word become flesh. In his, in his redeeming death and resurrection, Jesus has fulfilled your promise of a full, secure life on this earth and a certain joyous life throughout eternity. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. This do for the remembrance of me. Send upon us now, we pray, your Holy Spirit, that living in the light and power of Jesus' resurrection, we may live our lives in praise of you and in service to others. And so begin today to experience the inheritance prepared for all your children.
Eyes of the benediction. The God of hope grant you joy and peace in believing so that you will be filled with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.